Initial research in the United States on African swine fever started way back in the 1970s when the viral disease was spreading through Spain and Portugal. Then in the 1990s, USDA's Agricultural Research Service started the quest for a vaccine. Now, that research is close to paying off for the U.S. swine industry. Welcome to Feedstuffs in Focus, our podcast taking a deeper look at big issues in the livestock, poultry, grain, and feed industries. I'm your host, Andy Vance. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we talk with a pair of USDA researchers who have been involved in the search for an ASF vaccine over the past quarter century. This episode of Feedstuffs in Focus is sponsored by United Animal Health, a leader in animal health and nutrition. You can learn more about United Animal Health and how they're working to advance animal science worldwide by visiting their website, unitedanh.com. After years of research and experimentation, sometimes a bit sporadic due to funding, the U.S. Department of Agriculture recently announced that it has a new vaccine for African swine fever that is headed toward commercialization. What potential might that vaccine have for the hog industry? Feedstuffs editor Chrissa Welshens recently spoke with USDA researchers Dr. Douglas Gladue and Dr. Manuel Borca to find out more. Now, Drs. Gladue and Borca are the agency's experts and the lead researchers on the ASF vaccine project based out of the Plum Island Animal Disease Center. For more on their efforts, here's Chrissa. African swine fever has been an important topic in the hog industry over the last several years. It has decimated hog herds overseas and particularly in the U.S., we, it's a critical issue for us as we as it is 100% mortality and the race to find a vaccine has been an important topic for us. Uh, USDA recently announced that they have made some headway on an ASF vaccine. Dr. Gladue, could you please kind of provide um, what that vaccine will do, how you discovered it, and then also what your research priorities were as you conducted it? In the USDA at Plum Island, we, we have four different uh, African swine fever vaccine platforms that are experimental and each one's licensed by uh, some commercial partners right now. In each of these cases, uh, one or more genes were deleted from the wild type virus to attenuate the virus. And um, our research priority was really, uh, we knew about the African swine fever outbreak in Georgia in 2007 and uh, shortly after the USDA changed their research priorities to restart the African swine fever program. And our goal was always to try to develop a vaccine for the, for the current pandemic strain that, that is affecting Asia and Europe right now. The efficacy of a vaccine is, is always the biggest question once one is announced. Uh, what is the efficacy of the actual vaccine that you guys have developed? What we have done is test our vaccine under, under experimental conditions. That means group of animals that are uh, challenged with uh, the wild-type virus under certain type of conditions and under those that we think that they are extremely hard for the animals, the, we always have with uh, all our four candidates 100% of protection. That doesn't um, mean that we say, I, sh I should say probably that that doesn't mean that the vaccine will exactly behave um, um, that way once that deployed in the field and animals are in contact with different sources of the, of the virus. So the only thing that we can right now say is what are the results that we obtain under the strictly experimental conditions. And I understand that you have 
commercially licensed the vaccine or the the discovery to other companies now to develop it further what is needing to be developed further and how far out are we from maybe seeing it reach um, commercialization what's happening with commercial partners we really can't say a whole lot that's up to them to decide um there's a lot of moving parts to get a vaccine commercialized a lot of regulatory authorities a lot of testing that has to be done and and all of that work is done in the hands of a commercial partner. So it's very hard to predict exactly when a vaccine could be in market or when a vaccine could be um, under different trials and stuff like that, especially for us, because we, we are not part of the, the commercial um, decisions. That's the commercial partners. So you've developed the first part of the equation. How much more of it has to be developed before they would even get to the commercialization part? I would say, again, neither Neil or Doug, we are involved in that process and um, we, we are probably not 100% uh, sure what all the steps that this uh, company needs to do in order to get the final uh, final approval to use the vaccine. But I I guess that uh, it will be um, fulfill all the requirements that regulatory authorities request for the vaccine that will reach the field that will, of course will be efficacy and safety special uh, in those cases. Um, and I believe, or I understand probably that part of the process will be the ability of these companies in order to uh, upgrade the production of the virus in the massive way. We had done that only at the experimental level here at Pomayan. So I guess that those are, are, are going to be probably more important issues that need to be solved by, by each of the companies. But again, we are not very familiar with that process. Do you have any way of knowing how this vaccine may be administered to the animal once it is developed? Or again, are you just the first part of the equation discovering what needed to be discovered to, to actually create the vaccine? Yeah, un under the conditions we tested at Plum Island, we used singular, single dose intramuscular injections for our vaccine. However, you know, uh, commercialization of a vaccine and how it's administered would have to be a result of testing the commercial product and regulatory authorities and, and what they want and what the rules are wherever, whatever country it's in. In the past, when vaccines have been created for um, maybe pandemic type diseases, uh, does it typically happen that the, the veterinarian will have to administer it or will the producers be able to administer it themselves? We are not probably the best person to be asked on this, but and I will say that probably regulations change it from country to country. In general, with this kind of disease, usually um, there will have to be some kind of control for the uh, sanitary authorities up, in terms of the administration, the actual administration of the vaccines, uh, following all the regulations like a cold change and dry administration. And, and again, this is a field that is out of our expertise, but probably I would believe that something like that will, will need to happen. So because you're familiar with um, African swine fever and developing the, the first steps of the vaccine, are, are you aware of any other global um, vaccines that are in development right now to, to also help with this issue? There's been other manuscripts that have uh, been published that have done vaccines for African swine fever. Um, many of those older experimental vaccines have not been shown to be effective against the current pandemic strain. 
Um, in ASF, there's many different genetics and uh, uh, cross protection between them is largely unknown. So, so currently for profile, we have the, the best profile for commercialization where we have vaccines that are very effective at very low doses. They're um, non-virulent when tested at very high doses. We've been using them as single shot um, vaccines. We've seen 100% protection, uh, and we've seen sterile immunity um, with some of our candidates. So, so as an overall, we think we have the, one of the best profiles out there. That's really great news for the U.S. pork industry and, and hog industry. And I can't even imagine what it would be like to be working on a project like this, knowing how important it is to U.S. agriculture. Can you talk a little bit about how it is personally in your career, uh, the highlight for development of this vaccine? Well, personally, I have been working at Gramila uh, for, I think, 25 years or something like that. Um, and I have been working in different viruses, like a food and mouth, classical swine fever, and we restart our work in African swine fever back in 2010, I think, after the outbreak uh, occurs in Georgia and all these vaccines, sorry, viruses spreading to the east and to the west and follow with what the situation is right now. And for me, uh, I have been part of a, a very active group in African swine fever years ago, like late 90s. For me, it was, uh, was, uh, was a very good experience, actually, to go back to that the knowledge that we developed at that time and use part of that in order to restart from zero from a virus that was just appearing in the, in the field again uh, by 2007. And it was a very rewarding experience because we were able to use that knowledge and apply that and develop a lot more based on that and end up with these four vaccine candidates now. So for me, I've been a very special and rewarding experience. How about you, Dr. Gladu? I, I share similar things. I haven't been at Plum Island as long as Manuel, but been there, I believe, now 13 years. And seeing this spread of the virus go from a single introduction all the way through all over Asia and Europe and watching some of our results as we get vaccine candidates showing positive results right showing protection and, and stuff was really exciting and, and really rewarding and it's nice to be a part of what we hope will be the solution to the, the worldwide ASF problem. Anything else worth mentioning before we wrap up? No, it's just important that this is very complicated life to go with. And the reason that uh, we don't have a vaccine so far after so many years of trying is in part is because how complicated the system, the virus itself. And that I share what just that says that is is this it is rewarding to see that after so many years from our work and the work of other people, we are right now having something that may be the end of the story in terms of I'll finally produce the first generation of the vaccine that can actually be used in the field. We need to see that actually happen, but we believe that we have a good chance that something like that will happen. This episode of Feedstuffs in Focus is sponsored by United Animal Health, a leader in animal health and nutrition. You can learn more about United Animal Health and how they're working to advance animal science worldwide by visiting their website, unitedanh.com. My thanks to Dr. Douglas Gladue and Dr. Manuel Borca from the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Ag Research Service for their insights into the development of a new ASF vaccine 
on the cusp of commercialization. For the latest reporting on the swine and other animal protein industries, visit our website, feedstuffs.com, and join us next week on our new virtual community and events platform, Feedstuffs 365. Visit feedstuffs.com for more information about how you can join our community and to subscribe to feedstuffs.com for the latest reporting and happenings in agriculture and the feed industry. I'm Andy Vance, and you've been listening to Feedstuffs in Focus. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to hear more conversations about some of the big issues affecting the livestock, poultry, grain, and feed industries, Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platforms, including Apple and Google. Or you can always visit that website, feedstuffs.com, as I mentioned, for future episodes. Until next time, have a great day, and thanks for listening.